Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Panama City, Florida with my new friend Jan Johnson of Bay House Playhouse. Jan grew up in Panama City but left during high school. She came back to feel the sand in her toes and is here to stay. She loves the beautiful beaches, slower lifestyle, and affordable homes. In this episode, Jan and I talk about the dog mayor of Mardi Gras, visiting Shell Island, and the annual blessing of the feet. You are these three amazing attractions, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Panama City. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, I quick spin in the washing machine and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and to select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so today we're talking about Panama City, Florida. You know, sometimes people confuse Panama City with Panama, like in the Central America, but also Panama City Beach, which is a, another town that's in Florida. But today we're focusing on actual Panama City. What's your connection to the town? Well, I was born here, born and raised and lived here till I was about 15. And then I just thought, this town's too small for me. I'm, I'm out of here. And I moved to California and was gone for a long time. And then my family was still here. So I bought some property here for a little vacation house. And, you know, when I was older, I learned some things that I didn't know before. It turns out your parents are right about a lot of things. <laughs> and so uh, I bought a little vacation house and I started renting it out as a short-term rental and doing pretty well. And in Houston, I thought I could live, I can work anywhere. So why don't I, instead of living in Houston and vacationing in Florida, why don't we do that the other way around? So I came back in 2016, brought my husband, and he's super happy, and he tells me we're practicing for retirement now. <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey, you know, that's a, that's a noble goal to be practicing for, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so if you had to describe the city or the people in just a couple of words, how would you do that? First of all, we're a small town, so there's all the great things that go with being a small town, like everything's close by. If I had to describe people here, I would say connected. You know, because it doesn't take long before when you meet somebody, I mean, they could be somebody coming to fix your air conditioner, but you're like, hey, what year did you graduate? And who do you know? And what? Oh, yeah, I went to that. You know, so it's like within five minutes, I can pretty much connect to everybody because everybody's connected because this is a small place. But that's great. With Panama City, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Miami and Orlando and some of the more popular destinations. Where exactly is Panama City in the state of Florida? Well, most people don't know, but Panama City is in the central time zone. So there's a piece of Florida that's in the central time zone. Everybody thinks I'm on East Coast time, but I'm really close to the time change line there. So we're in the Florida panhandle. We're in Northwest Florida. We like to say LA, lower Alabama. (laughs) Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I've actually been down to the Gulf Shores area and stuff like that. Uh, Now that you're so close, I'm going to have to drive down and check you out as well because we're also in the central time zone here in Nashville. And that's something new. I never knew that there was a part of Florida that's actually in uh, the central time zone. So very interesting. About once a week, I have to educate somebody about that. So. <laughs> yeah, come on down. You're not too far. Well, fantastic. So people, when they think of, Fl- of Florida, they go, wow, it has perfect weather all the time other than, you know, obviously the occasional hurricane. Uh, what's the weather like throughout <laughs> the year in, in Panama City? 
It's super mild here. Yeah, I lived in Houston for a long time and the weather's kind of the same. My sister lives in Mississippi. So it's like Houston gets the weather and then Mississippi gets it the next day and then we get it the next day when things go east. So right now it's almost probably 68 degrees right now. And this is what, middle of January, February. We've got mild weather winters. It does get down into the 20s every now and then, but we like to say Florida's broken (laughs) when that (laughs) happens. But it's super mild. It does rain quite a bit because it's tropical, but it doesn't rain usually for days and days and days. Oh, sure. And then then obviously being near the water, you guys have the wonderful water temperature throughout the year. And from what I remember going down to the Gulf, the water's pretty warm throughout the year. Yeah, and a lot of places it's shallower, so it's not as cold. I, I sort I lived in California for a while. It's certainly no Pacific Ocean or Atlantic Ocean. It's the Gulf of Mexico, so it is warmer. I have been in the water every month of the year, pretty much at some point. So a couple of years ago, when I first moved here, we were in the water on Christmas Eve, and we were at the island in on Halloween, and you know, like different times of the year, you can definitely be out there now. I wouldn't get in the water necessarily in the wintertime myself because I'm a thin-skinned Florida girl now. That's too cold for me. <laughs> but we see Canadians. I always just say they're Canadians, you know. Tourists, the Canadians are in the water. But they'll be in the water in February. They don't care. <laughs> well, right on. Yeah, I mean, ever since I moved to Nashville, now I understand. Even though it's not Pennsylvania, New York cold weather. Right. Now I'm starting to understand being a California boy that, <laughs> you know, when, when it comes time to winter, like everybody's like, oh, I'm going down to Florida to go thaw out. You know, I'm going down to the Caribbean to go thaw out. So now I, I understand a lot more now that I'm here. It's, you know, 18 degrees sometimes, you know? Yes. So obviously, like you mentioned, like the weather's pretty phenomenal year round. So what are some of the other things that people should think about when they're coming to visit as far as planning a trip, maybe to thaw out during the winter, or, or maybe there are certain festivals or concerts or fairs that happen? That's a big question. You asked a lot of things there. So yes, we are a great place to visit year round. I think even like May and October are really great months because school's still in session and the weather's great. You've got the beaches to yourself if you want to do that. But we do have things all year round. In Panama City, we have this really great part of town. It's called St. Andrews. And Everybody who comes here says, I've been coming here 20 years. I've never seen this part of the town. I don't know what, you know, this is who's been keeping this from me. So we're like a little fishing village. Beck Avenue is kind of the main drag and we've got lots of restaurants and bars there, but we also do some great events every year seasonally. So we have a great St. Patrick's Day pub crawl in March. We have Mardi Gras in February um, this is the year of COVID, so that's being postponed. So we're going to call it Mardi Gras, I guess, this year. We're postponing Mardi Gras to May. But normally every February, we have a, a huge Mardi Gras parade. And I say huge, now my town's 36,000 people, okay? So it's not going to be 100,000 people. That's great for you because if you're coming here, you can have a group of people but not feel like, you know, you're in the big city and have to, you know, walk two miles to get to wherever you're going. In December, we have a lovely tree lighting and and we have Mrs. Claus who comes and along the merchants along Beck Avenue. And then in the spring, we have what we call the sock burning and the blessing of the fleet. The sock burning signifies it's the end of winter and we're going to, you know, kick off our socks and closed toed shoes and we're going to put on flip flops if we haven't already been wearing them. Uh, (laughs) But it's just a little ceremonial thing that happens down at the marina, the sock burning. And then at the same time, there's the blessing of the fleet where you can bring your boat up to the marina and kind of drive right in front of the marina there and the, the a member of the clergy will bless your boat. 
or your jet skis or whatever your watercraft happens to be. And so it's a fun little ritual that that happens here. Yeah, that's so cool. That's like a, like a fun thing. You know, like like you said, it doesn't really get cold. You know, maybe you had to put on your long shorts instead of your your, your short shorts. Then you get ready for your your uh, your flip flop tan lines for, for the rest of the year. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. We have a wardrobe of flip flops. I have, I think, I have fifteen pair now of flip flops. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So, when people are planning to come visit the Panama City, where do they fly in, and and how do they get around? So we have an airport. We call it the new airport, even though it's 10 years old. But we had an airport built in 2010. It's the Northwest Florida Beaches International Airport. The call sign, I guess you could say, is ECP. And that's pretty central to Panama City and Panama City Beach. So wherever you're going, this is the only airport. But lots of, you know, your main mainstream Airlines fly in, you know, Southwest, American, Delta. You can get here from a lots of major cities. If you fly in, you're going to need a car. So you should definitely rent a car. We do have Uber, but really a, a rental car is probably going to be your best bet economically. And if you're driving here, of course, you'll have your own car with you and that wouldn't be an issue. And if you're driving here, you could also drive your boat and bring your boat and launch your boat from a couple of marinas that we have. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah. I mean, Anytime I can avoid renting a car, I'm super happy. I would definitely trade trade in renting a car to be able to rent out a boat and just be able to hang out on the boat <laughs> the whole time while I'm there. Well, if you don't want to rent a car, you know, there's definitely some great Airbnb and short-term rentals in St. Andrews. I mean, if you're just coming to visit St. Andrews or even, you know, if you're here for a couple of days, you could get away without a car. Like if you stayed close enough to the walking distance restaurants and bars that I was talking about. But you are going to want to go a little farther afield. And, you know, we do have Uber, so you can definitely do that if you'd like to do that. But Okay. And so if you are renting a, a car, what's the parking situation like? Is it pretty easy to find parking or is it expensive? No, you know, parking is free everywhere here. So um, every place that you would go in Panama City, I can't think of any place that you would pay to park like I used to do in the big city. Um, I mean, I used to pay $3 just to park at the movie theater, but that that would not go here. So uh, no, parking's free. It's easy to get around. Everything is close. When I first came back, it took me a while to stop leaving for places for appointments 30 minutes ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I would end up 25 minutes early everywhere I went. So it took me a while to figure that out. But things are very close. As a matter of fact, Panama City and Panama City Beach are only about, well, at least St. Andrews and Panama City Beach are only about seven miles apart. So it's not that far. All right. So when we're thinking of like where to stay, should we stay at the like St. Andrews neighborhood or is there other places where we should plan uh, to book our hotel? You know, it's very interesting. We do have hotels here, but we are the only coastal Florida city that doesn't have waterfront lodging, like a ho- like what, no waterfront hotels in Panama City. We have hotels, you know, we have La Quinta and different chain uh, hotels and then some local ones. But, you know, I think that if you want to travel and be like a local, which I think is what your podcast really speaks to is the local experience, definitely stay in an Airbnb in St. Andrews. I have three and I'm the oldest one that's been there. And that I just started in 2015. And now there's quite a few of us, but there's lots of business. People really like coming here. And so we're a very cooperative group of Airbnb hosts and we want to give you a local experience. And so that's how you get to know the cool places to go is stay with one of us, look at our guidebooks, which I'm providing for you too, and uh, you know, check out our local scene. Because anybody can stay in a in a big chain hotel or whatever. I'm totally not dissing that. That's just not the local Panama City experience here. Well, for sure. And then like you said, that you know, if you are somebody that, that tends to stay in hotels, but you want that beach experience, you're not gonna get it there. So 
it's better to, to use an Airbnb and get closer to the water like you really want to be able to enjoy things while you're there. Exactly. We have plenty of Airbnbs on the water and in neighborhoods where the water is walking distance to the bay or to the marina or something like that. Perfect. Okay. So let's talk about some of the fun things we should be doing while we're while we're visiting Panama City. So obviously the beach is a big thing. What should we do as far as the beach? And then what are some of the other things to do if maybe like you're like me and white guy that's bald and you know, doesn't <laughs> want to get too burnt. So what are some of the other things to do while we're in town? Well, my beloved husband is a ginger, so he's he's very fair-skinned, and he does a very good job of not getting burned. So I think you could do all right. So there's a couple of different things if you want to get on the water. One of them, which not even a lot of locals know about this, is we have some really cool airboat tours. So the airboats, um, I don't know if you know what they look like, but they're this wiry-looking thing. It looks like a big wire contraption with a fan you know, on the back oh, of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sitting on this little tiny metal boat. And you're like, what is that about? You know, They have a lot in Louisiana. There's a couple companies, but Captain Dave from Boggy Bayou will take you in the bay. And if you go at sunset, it's amazing photography experience because you can have great pictures and he'll take you to an abandoned offshore shrimp farm and he'll even show you alligators. So that is a super experience and and a lot of local people don't even know that. The other thing is if you're going to get out on the water into the Gulf, I would rent a pontoon boat. They're very easy to drive. You can uh, rent one right here at the St. Andrews Marina or a number of other places. You could have it for the whole day. Depends The price depends on what the season is, you know, a half day or a whole day, or is this, you know, October is the spring break, you know, the prices vary a little bit. You can also rent them at the state park, but you can have the boat for the whole day and you can go over to, the, to what we call Shell Island, which is an uninhabited island. It has no structures on it except for maybe like a little gazebo or something. I mean, but it's basically uninhabited and it's part of the state park system and it's amazing. And it's a, it's a very local experience, even though lots of visitors go there too. There's a shuttle that will take you there or you can rent a pontoon boat and drive yourself there. Uh, yeah. I would say you're renting the pontoon boat versus taking the tour because that way you can stay on your own schedule. And like, if you're ready to leave, you don't have to wait. Oh, okay. Well, I got two more hours before the, the, the tour is going to leave this way. You can leave on your own. And then you can also explore more things when you have your own boat. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of my buddies, Jason is like, you know, he really loves to do kayaking and everything else. Are there other like water sports like that where it's not motorized, where you can just kind of put your back into it and get a little sweat on when you're in the water and enjoy yourself? Absolutely. There, we have a lot of kayakers and we have a kayak outfitter here, Sunjammers, which is in St. Andrews, and they'll get you hooked up. There's all kinds of different kayaks. I didn't even know. There's the kind you pedal. There's the kind that you just, you know, use your paddles and do with your arms. And so they'll help you with all of that. Even Sam's Club has inexpensive kayaks if you just want to try it out for yourself. But you could buy, you know, anything up to a fancy one. We also had a yoga school here that did stand-up paddleboarding yoga right in the bay. So I'm not sure if they're still doing that. I'll have to check on that. Uh, but One Heart Yoga did that, and I thought it was really cool. They had great pictures. Although I think stand-up paddleboarding is way overrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I look at it as like just me. I, I don't have that type of balance. Like I would probably fall over to try doing stand-up paddleboarding. I sometimes fall over when I'm doing yoga. If I was trying to combine the two, I would barely be up out of the water. I, I'm pretty sure I'd be in the water most of the time. So Downward, very wet dog, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Dave and my buddy Brian – they love to fish. So is like the Panama City, is that a, a great place to like go on like a, a fishing tour? Yes. 
if you don't like fishing, you can buy your own fish in a couple of great fish markets, but definitely we have every kind of fishing you can think of. There's, you know, bay fishing, there's rivers, there's intracoastal waterway. You can go, you can charter a boat or you can get on a, you know, a boat where there's just lots of other people already on there and go deep sea fishing. We have all kinds of fishing tournaments. I mean, everything, every kind of fish you can imagine in the warm, salty waters, you know, just tarpon and snapper season is big here too. Red snapper. You can also get scallops, anything you want to fish. We got outfitters that can hook you up. So speaking of uh, of fish, and let's talk about some of the the awesome food places that are there in, in Panama City. So fresh fish is like a total must when you're going there to, to visit, right? So what are some of your favorite places to, to get some fresh fish? Okay, well, in St. Andrews, there's this great place called Alice's on Bayview. Alice Masker owns this restaurant, and she has a great brunch on Sundays. Their fish, all their seafood is super fresh. They're not a seafood restaurant, quote unquote. We have plenty of those too, but they are just local, great food and any fish dish you order, we like to say it slept in the bay last night. So it's it's very fresh <laughs> from Tarpon Dock. Uh, so that's a really great place to eat seafood. Also, Uncle Ernie's is great. We, you know, we had a big category five hurricane here in 2018 and it knocked out our city pretty badly. Uh, we have come back so far and Uncle Ernie's is a beloved waterfront restaurant and they were gone two years and they reopened on the two-year anniversary of Hurricane Michael and they're a great place to go. You can sit on the back deck. They now have a huge upper deck. You can look right out into the bay for the sunsets and they've got all kinds of great seafood dishes, whether they're appetizers or entrees. That sounds like a perfect setting with the being right there on the water, having that, that view from that upper deck. That sounds pretty wonderful. So what are some of your other favorite places to eat while we're there in in Panama City? So some of my other favorite places to eat in Panama City, there's a cute little, for a lunch spot, it's called Something's Cooking. And it's on 11th Street near Harrison Avenue, which is right by our downtown. They have great quiches and soups and homemade things. And they also do cooking lessons there. So that's really a great place. I like to have some lunch meetings there every now and then, but it's a very little known spot. We have a couple of great places downtown too. We have a great Irish pub that just opened recently. It's called House of Henry and they have good Irish food. If you would like a good uh, shepherd's pie, that would be your spot. Funky Mermaid downtown has the best French fries. I don't know what they do to them, but they're the best French fries. They have burgers, seafood dishes, pizza, and a really great place called History Class. Um, They're a brewing company and they have a Panama City historical theme, which is kind of like a restaurant and a museum altogether. They have really great pub food as well. So they have a rotating group of things that they cook, but they have a good pulled pork sandwich. They have amazing homemade pork skins, like deep fried and flavored pork skins. I know, sounds crazy. And also pimento cheese. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you got you had me a pulled pork sandwich. I, <laughs> after moving here to Nashville, I, that's probably one of my my new favorite meals, and that's a that's definitely a good thing to have. If we're planning to you know, maybe go out for the day and and we want to have a good breakfast before we head out, uh, where should we go for that? One of my favorite places for breakfast is a place called Bayou Joe's. It is also on the water. It's on a dock. I mean, literally, you walk down onto a dock, and the restaurant is at the end. They have these things called garbage potatoes or garbage grits, which just got all kinds of vegetables and different things in them. You can get bacon and sausage and pancakes and whatever. They do lunch and dinner also, but I like to go there for breakfast. And you might even see some dolphins in the water out there at the marina because they do come in closer to shore sometimes. And uh, they've been known to come all the way into the marina right by Bayou Joe's. 
So that's one of my favorite places to eat. That'd be so cool. I, I know if, uh, cause I travel a lot with my kids and they're right now they're five and nine. And I'm sure if, if we're there having breakfast and they're watching the, watching the water and seeing the dolphins, they would be mesmerized by, by the dolphins out there. We even had some manatees that were not too far from there. We don't get a lot of manatees up this far, but sometimes when it's cold, they come into the warmer areas. If You, you never know what you're going to see. And if you go to Shell Island, I can almost guarantee you that you'll see dolphins in the wild there. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, never gets old. <laughs> right on. So, okay. So again, if I'm, I'm bringing my kids and we want like a little afternoon snack, maybe a little treat, something to satisfy the sweet tooth, where would we go for that? We have a new place in St. Andrews. It's called Sweet Feed and you can get frozen yogurt. I don't even know what all they have. They just recently opened, but it's right there on Beck Avenue. So you could definitely stop in there and just keep walking all down the main street. You can go have your ice cream or yogurt or whatever in the park that's not too far away, or you can just walk over to the water and, and you know, take a look at boats and you might see some shrimp boats coming in. But yeah, Sweet Feed is a new place. Uh, that sounds pretty fun. Say my wife and I come down to Panama City and just for like a little weekend escape and we want I want to take her out someplace nice for like maybe a nice dinner and, and dancing or something like that. Where would we go for that? We have a really nice restaurant here called G Foley's. The cook, the chef is amazing. And there's, it's a great atmosphere. You can sit outside on the deck. There's a huge tree with lights all around. They often have live music, some jazz, maybe some comedy or something. You can sit inside or outside, but it's a lovely restaurant. And the food is very good, top notch. Oh, fantastic. Right on. I can't wait to come down there and check it out. I've heard a lot of great things and it's so good to be over in this side of the country to be able to explore a lot of cities that maybe coming from California, I may not have thought about otherwise, but now that we're here and it's like a short flight or an easy drive, it's definitely worth checking out. It's definitely a direct flight for you too, if you wanted to fly. So direct, yeah, no stops. Right on. Okay. So I've learned a lot about Panama City. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to come down there and check it out, but now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Panama City, where should they go and what should they eat? If you have time for one meal, this is the quintessential meal to me because it's just one thing. Of course, you have to like shrimp. <laughs> Sautéed shrimp at the Copper Tap Grill on Beck Avenue. It is my favorite thing. I just I had it just a couple days ago for lunch. It's this beautiful dish of, of sautéed shrimp. They're just loved up in this garlicky lemon butter thing with all this minced garlic all over it. So... You know, it might not be so good for your romantic dinner if you're going to kiss her with some garlic breath. But if she's your wife, you know, she, she might let you off the hook. <laughs> I'm sure my breath has smelled worse uh, over the course of our marriage. So, <laughs> so pop tap grill and, you know, my friends Mindy Kelly and Jay Pignary, they're the owners there. And they're so fantastic. And Chucky at the bar will fix you up a great drink as well. Oh, that sounds amazing. So obviously uh, you've lived in uh, Panama City for a number of years now. And I'm sure you have wonderful stories. Which one are your most memorable? One of my most memorable stories about living here. I just have to talk about the hurricane because nothing more memorable has happened to me. So in 2018, in October, I was on vacation. My husband and I had annual passes at Walt Disney, you know, and, and so we were down there on vacation and uh, a hurricane is coming and I'm like, ah, oh, no big deal. You know, it'll, it'll miss us. <laughs> well, it didn't. And we had a devastating event. And, I, and, and I'm, not to bum you out and bum all your listeners, because I definitely this has a happy ending, but people hear about things like that that happen and they're like, oh, we're sorry that you had this hurricane and they don't really get the magnitude of it. So 
the way I would describe that is we had 29,000 building permits filed after the hurricane and 22,000 of them were for roofs because everybody's roof was blown off or messed up or whatever. And the way I tell people about it is, you know, when I can tell you that I can say, you know, hey, we lost two thirds of all of our trees or there were 22,000 roofs and people kind of get that. But then when I say we didn't have Internet from October 10th to January 5th, then people go, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so they they get the magnitude of that. But the way that this town came together after that, the way other people helped us, the way we helped each other, the way the city and the county and the school district and the housing authority and everybody has just banded together to rebuild this town. We don't say 850 strong, 850 strong for nothing. That's our, that's kind of like our hashtag and that's our zip code 850. That's what I mean by connected too, you know, people helping people and, and rebuilding the city better than it was. And we're ready for you. So come visit. That's so amazing. Like my buddy uh, Lance used to live in that that area, and he showed me some videos of the aftermath. It's just heartbreaking you know, seeing what the devastation that nature can do. And you know, coming from California, you know, we occasionally had earthquakes and nothing too bad. But after moving here to Nashville a year ago, we had uh, the Nashville tornado, then the derecho that happened shortly thereafter. And man, again, I grew up with earthquakes, and they're scary, but. Being in a in a, a tornado and which is you know obviously similar to, to a hurricane, it is scary. It is scary. It's amazing when sometimes you see people in Florida they're like, oh yeah, it's not that big of a deal. It's a, it's a small hurricane. Like, what are you talking about? Right, right, right. Well, you ask anybody who stayed here in town during the hurricane, and they'll tell you they're not staying again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's switch it up and, and talk about happier things. And where's the happiest happy hour in Panama City? I love Bergen Barrel. So it's kind of a funky name, Bergen Barrel. It, there's no sign. It's on Beck Avenue, but it's right across from the Publishing Museum, which you should also visit. And they have amazing wines. They have non-alcoholic things too. They have great charcuterie, anything that you want, great plates, all kinds of small plates, salads, charcuterie. We like to go and make a meal of it and have dinner there, but I love to have happy hour at Bergen Barrel. It's got a funky atmosphere inside, some velvet couches, old records on the wall, always some great music playing, and just awesome bartenders that'll help you out. That sounds like a fun environment. It is. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Panama City? We have two places. I'm going to have to give them a tie. So Enzo's, which is on Beck and 14th, and then Slice House, which is about 11th Street-ish and Beck Avenue. Slice House, you can literally, like it sounds, buy it by the slice, and they've got a huge menu of all kinds of different choices, or you can make up your own. And they're also attached to Bergen Barrel. So if you want to go to Bergen Barrel and you don't want charcuterie, Slice House will deliver to Bergen Barrel as well. They're right there connected at the back door. Uh, that sounds perfect. And my wife can enjoy the charcuterie board. You know, she gets all into all the fancy stuff like that. And I'm all about the pizza. So we'll both be happy. We'll both be drinking some wonderful wine and be a perfect evening. Perfect. And you can sit outside or inside, either one. Right on. Well, as an Airbnb host, you know a lot about travel. What's one of your best travel tips? One of my best travel tips is read the guidebooks. We spend a lot of time putting together great things to do. Like here, we know the secrets. So I have a great guidebook. I know a lot of my friends who are hosts have good guidebooks. And take a look at that and have a local experience by doing what the local people recommend. That's what I would recommend. Well, you summed up my my podcast, basically. <laughs> 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 There's the guidebook that you created in researching for this episode. I reached out to the Panama City uh, Tourism Board. 
And they have a wonderful visitor's guide off their website that you can download as well. So there's a lot of wonderful resources when you're planning to come to Panama City that are right at your fingertips and you can just plan to have a wonderful time. Exactly. And Destination Panama City is our local visitor and convention bureau, and they have a great website that's always evolving. And they're building a great new building. So there's going to be even more exciting things coming to Panama City. Oh, I can't wait. Jan, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these wonderful tips for, for Panama City. I can't wait to come down and visit, especially right now during the wintertime. I need to thaw out and dip, dip my toes in the sand. And uh, <laughs> it sounds like Panama City is a perfect place for that. So can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do? And then if somebody has more questions about Panama City or your Airbnbs, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Yes, thanks. I, yes, I, ha- I have three Airbnbs and you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook at Bayhouse Playhouse. That's also my email address, bayhouseplayhouse at gmail.com. So you can find me there. And if I can't help you, I can definitely connect you with lots of other Airbnb hosts. I'm one of the three moderators for, it's it's a Facebook group, but it's owned by Airbnb. It's the Airbnb Bay County Host Club. And so we have a great network of people. And if I can't accommodate you, I'll be happy to refer you to another great host that can give you just a great, as a great a time. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate all that. We're going to include all the links in the the show notes and we look forward to seeing when we travel there. Okay. Yay. Thank you. What an awesome conversation with Jan. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Panama City. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs so that way you can stay wrinkle-free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Paris, France to speak with my new friend Nikki Wong of thewaysbeyond.fr. Nikki and I talk about the Church of Sacre Coeur, how to visit museums for free, and Paris Fashion Week. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that we don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 